Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Amen. Well, good morning. You guys good? Good morning online if you're with us today. Today we are going to talk about love. How sweet, right? We're going to talk about love as we're in the middle of this series that started last week called This or That. And you may not have been with us last week, and so this or that comes from a simple online trend that maybe you have seen if you've been online. And basically, it's a simple idea. As when you see this, they want people to choose between two different things. Just choose this or that. And if you weren't with us last week, you missed us playing a little this or that in the room, right? And I liked it. I enjoyed it. I saw people engaging with it online. And so I thought, we need to play this or that again. So are you ready? You got your hands ready. We're going to engage with this online. Continue to write like you did last week. But we got this or that. You got to choose, okay? You're going on vacation. Everybody loves going on vacation. You're going on vacation. You have to choose between two different places. It's this or that. We got our beach people and we got our mountain people, right? This or that. Who are my mountain people? Who are my mountain people? Who are my beach people? Okay, all right, okay. You're on vacation. You gotta have a meal. You're gonna eat. You gotta have pizza, you gotta have tacos, all right? It's pizza night or taco night. Who are my pizza people? Okay, okay. Actually, I'm a little surprised. There's more than I thought. Who are my taco people? Okay, I expected that, okay. So, so what does, I didn't plan on it. We'll just continue with this theme. You're on vacation. You've eaten. Now you've got to have dessert. We have a little ice cream. Pivotal decision you've got to make. This or that, we've got chocolate, we've got vanilla. You've got to choose. Who are my chocolate people? Okay, who are my vanilla people? Better known as the right people. Yes, good. I like that, okay. And the last one, I don't know how this fits in because I didn't expect a theme, but you're on vacation and you got to talk to somebody and you have a form of communication. Some people are like, I'm going to pick up my phone and I'm going to call somebody. Other people are like, no, 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 I'm going to pick up my phone. I'm going to text people. All right. You got to choose this or that, a form of communication. Who are my people that you're going to pick up? You're going to call somebody. You want to pick up, you're going to call. Okay. Who are the pickup? No, I don't, no, ain't nobody got time for that. I'm going to text somebody. Who are my texters? Okay, well, that's good. All right, that's good. So I, I like playing a little this or that. We get to know each other more. Well, I've got another question for you this morning. This one's not going to be a hand raised, and it's actually a little more serious. It's a little more serious, and it's actually a question for the people who were either here last week, watched, or listened online. Here's the question. Because of what we talked about last week, how many of you prayed more in the past week? Because of what we talked about this last week, how many more have been in the, people have been in the Bible more this week. How many people, because of what we talked last week, you have worshiped or you have had more Christ-centered conversations because of what we talked about last week? Listen, I want to be clear about something. We're going into this series this fall, and we're going to talk about some things. But I was thinking about it this week and how our conversation landed last week. And I thought to myself, listen, if we don't 
put into practice the things that Jesus wants to do in us and speak to us, then what we are doing here on Sunday mornings is going to be a waste of time. And I felt a heavy conviction this week to remind us of this, that we don't want to waste our time in here because Jesus wants to do something incredible in our lives. And it brought me back to James, the the Apostle James, and how he spoke to the church. In James 1, it says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Listen, this fall, This fall, we're going to be talking about some things that I absolutely believe are going to change some lives. This fall, we're going to be looking at the essence of what it means to live in what Jesus has for us. Listen, last week I went to Galatians chapter 5, yeah? And this was the foundation of our text. And in, in this letter, Paul tells his people that Jesus is bringing freedom. Jesus is bringing freedom to his people, but if they don't grab a hold of how he has brought it, what he has spoken about it, if they don't grab a hold of it, then the reality of what he is bringing will not matter. So he tells the church, if you're going to choose to indulge the flesh, indulge yourself, over living in step with the Spirit, then we are going to miss out in life. This is what he's telling the Galatians. This is what I think he wants to tell us, is that we are going to indulge the flesh, myself, and not live in step with the Spirit, then we're going to miss out. Because he tells those people in Galatia that the gospel of Jesus is the truth, but if you are not willing to be transformed by this truth, then it doesn't matter. Now, I'm not going to go over everything I said last week. I love, if you missed that message, I'd love for you to go back to watch or listen. But Paul makes it really clear what living in the flesh looks like and what living in the spirit looks like. And he tells them, these lives are lived completely different. And we have to choose which life we're going to live. That's why it's a this or that situation. And what I told you last week is, is you can't choose both. You have to choose one or the other. So what I told you was this fall, we are going to look at what life looks like when we live in the spirit, right? How if we remain in Jesus, that was John 15. Remember, that was a big portion. If we remain in Jesus, we intentionally connect with Jesus, we attach ourselves to Jesus, then what life will look like because we will be living it in the spirit. And that's why we're talking about love today because Paul gives a word picture of what it looks like to live in the spirit. And so Galatians 5:22 he says, 
For the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of God being in control of our lives is love. Do we know that? God transforming our lives through the Holy Spirit is going to be love. And you would think this is one of the easiest messages that I will ever have to speak, right? It's love. I mean, this theme is all through Scripture, right? It's love. I mean, the idea is you just can't miss it. How hard is it to talk about love? Well, here's the deal. I actually think this may be one of the hardest ones that I'll talk about this fall. And here's why. Because we are oversaturated with the idea of love already. I mean, it's all around us. And because we already have a preconceived idea of what love is, it's hard to break that picture, but you get that, right? That love is talked about all around us. I mean, we have holidays where love is at the center of it. We have TV shows where love is at the center of it. Every day you've got companies who are pursuing you, trying to get you to love what they offer. And the problem is, is the word love is so common. The word love is so common that I think it ends up being overused verbally and underused in our actions. Hear me, love is hard to talk about because it's all around us, it's not a concept that you're foreign to, and it's overused verbally, but it's underused in our actions. This is why this morning I worry that you, I kinda lose you, right? I kinda lose you when I say we're gonna talk about love because it's so common. But the reality is I think the way love is viewed and often lived out in our lives is much more of the flesh, much more of me, what Paul is talking about, than we even know or want to admit. Because think about how many things you say you love. This week, let's go back to this week, how many times did you say the word love? Think about it. Did you say like, I love that fall is almost here? Would you have said that? Would you say, I love some great meal that you ate? Did you say you love something in your house that you owned? Did you say love to something else that someone else has owned? Did you walk into a store and you're like, oh, I love that? Think about a conversation with someone that you told them that you loved. But really, it was just a conversation piece. It was kind of like a love ya love you. But do we live out the implications of that word? Living out the implications of the word love is a lot harder than just saying it verbally. And so Paul, when he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, this word agape, this love that he's talking about, he had a specific idea of what that word meant, what that looked like in our life. And in order to know what he meant, we got to go back way before he ever wrote 
this letter. We got to go back to the beginning to see how love was played out. And this is what I think you'll see. If we go all the way back, you'll see that the whole Bible is a story of how God loves his people. It's not a history book and it's not a rule book. It's a story of how God loved his people. Look at the beginning of the story. It says, in the beginning, God made people and he loved us. In the beginning, God made his people and he loved us. And the relationship was dynamic. The relationship was intimate. The relationship was pure. But we know what happened, don't we? We, humans, broke our end of the deal and went against God and broke the relationship in those decisions. The world became broken. Our relationship became broken. But if you continue to read the story, you'll see that the story of God and his people is not done yet. This story of God and his people is not done yet. His love for his people is not done yet. You'll see that God does not give up on us that quickly. He loved us so much, he can't give up on us. And if you continue to read the story, you'll see a man named Abraham enters the story. Oh, and what God does in and through Abraham is absolutely incredible. And if you see their conversation, you'll see one day God has a conversation with Abraham and he's like, listen, I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. Give yourself to me. I want to give myself to you. And he makes a promise to the people that he will be their God. This is what we call the covenant. We call it the Abraham covenant. And this covenant is based on a commitment. That's what's at the root of this first promise from God, this love commitment from God. And what we see is in the Old Testament, it's repeated over and over and over and over again. I think I counted at least 28 times you see in the Old Testament where God repeats this promise to his people that he will be their God and he will be their, his people because he loved us. And the foundation of the relationship is one of commitment and loyalty. See, he loved us from the beginning. He loved us even when we went against him. He loved us through the covenant. And he repeated that love again and again and again and again and again. If you read the story of the Bible, it's God loves us even when time after time we break our end of the deal. That is the story of God and his people. That's the story of God in us. And so what I want us to see this morning is that from the very beginning, the essence of God, the core of God, what makes God up is love. The essence of God is love. 
and it's love for us. Our picture of this agape love that Paul talks about is seen in how God treats his people. And that's why we need to remember something really important about love. God's love wasn't based on what we did. It was based on who he was. This is the story of God. God's love, the love we have to embrace and see is it wasn't based on what we did. It was based on who he was. But can I tell you this? The amazing part of the story is it doesn't end in the Old Testament. It moves on into the New Testament. And how is God's love seen in the New Testament? How is God's love seen in the New Testament? It's, it's okay to go Sunday school right now. Answer Jesus, all right? How is God's love seen moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament? It's seen in Jesus. The essence of who God is, his love, was seen in the person of Jesus. The story continues. The love story between God and his people continues, and it's seen in Jesus. The picture of love is seen even more clearly as we see Jesus as God in human flesh. Jesus being fully God and fully human, we're able to see what love really is because God, Jesus, the Spirit being one, Jesus was filled with the Spirit. So what we see in the New Testament is no longer a distant God showing us love. We see someone right in front of us showing love and how that love is played out when you're filled with the Spirit. You know the story of Jesus, right? I don't have to retell all those stories, right? You know the stories. I mean, we know these stories of Jesus, how things ended, right? I mean, look at the last few days of Jesus' life. How much more agape love do you need than seeing Jesus in his last days? He is betrayed. Think about this. He is betrayed, and he still loves. He is beaten, and he still loves. He is mocked and he still loves. He's left alone and he still loves. He, is, he, he is, goes through excruciating pain that eventually leads to death, but he still loves. Listen, Jesus' life from the beginning to the end is one continued, endless story of what God's love is for his people. That's what we got to see. That's why we got to go back. Do you know why we need to understand this? Because we can't love like God loved us. We can't love the way Jesus loved us. We can't live out the fruit of the Spirit until we grasp the depth and the picture of how you are loved. We can't do it. We throw the word love around so easily, but once we realize how much we were loved, once we realize how much we are loved, I think the definition of our word will change. Once we see what love really is, once we experience what love really is, then we can begin to walk down the road of love. We can begin to start living out what Paul is talking about in Galatians. And even more, 
another part of Scripture, we can begin to walk down what the Scripture tells us is the greatest commandment that Jesus ever gave. You know what that is, right? Jesus says, my greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, what I want you to see this morning is that all these truths, the whole Bible is interconnected into one story. And through Jesus, through his life, he gave a continued picture of what love looks like from God. But this is the best part of the story and something you've got to grab a hold this morning. As we see this picture, now what happens as Jesus gives this command? What does he say? He looks at his people and he says, you saw it in God. You see it in me. Now it's your turn. He's saying you got to love God and you got to love others. But don't do it in a superficial way. Don't do it in a way that feels natural to you. Love God and love others the way you've seen it done by the one that loved you from the very beginning. I mean, think about the weight of this message. The number one assignment in your life is to love. We can't miss this when we see the big picture of Scripture. The number one assignment for your life is to love. Not casual love. Not love, just something we throw around. It's not easy and something that comes natural to us. It's why I love how Paul presents it. Now we're back to Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of God working in our lives is love. The fruit of something greater now in us is love. That's the story Paul wants to give us. When we realize how much we are loved and that love transforms us, then we can begin to live out that greatest commandment. We can begin to live out what Paul says our calling is for our life. We can, when we grab a hold of this, life changes. That's why I love even, it's not just Jesus, it's not just Paul. I see John. He echoes the same thing. John, uh, 1 John 4, 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. It doesn't start with us. And it can't be done by us. This is why John 15 is so important. If you missed last week, I need you to go and read John 15. If you listened last week, if you were here last week, I need you to go read John 15 because this is how it's done, is remain in me. 
This is how it's so, why it's so important, how it's going to be done. That Jesus can change our lives as we remain and connect in him. That his love can be seen through us. And this is what Jesus wants from and for us. Your greatest assignment in life is love. Now, you should have a question that you want to ask me in this moment. I want you to look at me and say, okay, Scott, I get it. You reminded me. I haven't been doing great. Or maybe. What does this love look like? I want you to ask me, what does this love look like? Because the answer can be found in another letter from Paul to the church. Paul gives us an amazing word picture of what love looks like, how it will look practically in our lives. And as I read this, I want you to check yourselves. Are the words I'm about to read actually real in your life? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Listen, I know you've probably heard that portion of Scripture before. You've been to weddings. You've been to weddings I've done. You've heard this portion of Scripture. I think this is so powerful in our lives. How about that list? Did you feel the weight of any of those descriptions? I told you last week that Galatians 5 is so powerful to me because it's like a scale in my life where I walk into the bathroom, I step on the scale, and I immediately know how much I weigh, right? For good or for bad, I know exactly how it is. When I look at this list from Paul, I can't lie to myself. I can't lie to myself anymore. And when Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, I ask myself the question, Scott, how true is it that your love, life is filled with love? 
I ask myself, when Paul says in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, I ask myself, Scott, how loving are you? But listen, sometimes without a clear picture, we can let ourselves off the hook, right? And, and if the, we say the fruit of the Spirit is love, we can tell ourselves, yeah, I love great. But when you put an actual picture that you can wrap your hands around and it doesn't let you off the hook anymore, I have to re-ask myself that question. Scott, how is love in your life in comparison to 1 Corinthians 13? How is your love to the people that you love and that love you? Do they experience love from you? Scott, how is your love for the people that you come in contact with every day? Just your, your, your work peers, your, your casual friends, the people you just engage with. Like, how is your love for them? Scott, how is your love to the people that you actually don't like? Who have done something wrong? Do they experience this kind of love from you? See, do you see what I did there? That there are different groups of people in our lives. And sometimes those different groups of people experience a different kind of you, don't they? The truth I want us to get this morning is that we don't get to choose who and how we love. When we do that, it shows us that we are doing it from the flesh more than the spirit. We're doing it from ourselves more than we're doing it from what God has changed in our lives. See, when the Holy Spirit has done a work in us and continues to do a work in us, it doesn't matter who the person is, they will see Christ through our lives. They will see what Christ has done in us. They will experience love. So ask yourself that question. The same questions I have to ask myself. To the people who you love and love you, do they experience that kind of love that Paul talks about to the Corinthians? To the people that you just casually see in your life, that you're associated with them, do they experience that kind of love from you? To the people who you don't really like, who are, have done wrong or doing you wrong right now, do they experience that kind of love? And this is why it's so important that when we do this, when we live this out, people get to experience Jesus through your life. See, we have already seen the essence of Jesus is love. So your witness and your testimony either shows people that love of Jesus or not. And let's go back to those words that Paul spoke to to the Galatians. He says, Jesus came to bring them freedom. But are you going to use that freedom to indulge the flesh? Or are you going to use that freedom to, indulge, or to be in step with the Spirit? When the fruit of the Spirit is working in and through you, this is when you experience the ultimate freedom. You get to live out freedom the way Jesus wants you to have it. 
loving others actually brings freedom to your life. It ends up not having to be a have-to thing, but get-to thing. Loving others the way Jesus has loved you and transformed your life brings a freedom you can't experience any other way, but it's going to be your choice. It's going to be a this or that situation. Do you want the freedom of Jesus? Then love as the fruit of the Spirit needs to be present in your life. So there are two things I want from us this week. This week, I want there to be two things. One is, can we begin to assess our lives day by day? Was love seen? Was love experienced through me today? We'll begin to assess our lives. And the second thing is, will we pray That God will do a work in you that only he can do so that you can be a vessel of love to this world. Listen, I've decided this week that I'm going to say a simple prayer every day as I begin my day. Asking for God to do a work in me. And this is the simple prayer and you may want to join me. I actually wrote it down. It says, God, thank you for a new day where I get to be with you, John 15. Today, I am asking you to help me be more like you in how I love people around me. I know I can't do this by myself. I trust you will do a work in me so I can love people the way you've loved me first. I pray my life will help others see how much you love them. Help me live in and experience your freedom through love today. Amen. His love frees us. And then living it out daily frees us even more. Do you know that? You are loved from the very beginning of creation. You've been loved. At no point through the story of God and his people have you not been loved. Then Jesus comes along and he shows us in person of what love can look like as he's loved you and loved this world. But there is a moment in that story where Jesus says, okay, now it's your turn. Love God and love others. You cannot do this by yourself. It's the fruit, it's the working of the Spirit. So we need to attach ourselves to Jesus in a way that he changes us so that we experience the freedom he has why he came to give you. But may it not just be in word, but may it be in our actions. 
Love is so overly used verbally and underused in our actions. And so my prayer this week is you will feel the love of God. You'll see the love of God. And that love will transform you so that you desire to be that love in the world to the people who love you, to the people you just hang out with, and to the people, quite frankly, you can't stand. Because God's love does not discriminate with people. When we are in Him, we don't choose who we love and don't love. We just love. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Maybe this morning you don't feel loved by God. And maybe today you've been reminded from the very beginning you are loved by God. And maybe this love transforms you. Maybe this morning you've been reminded that the love of God is not seen through your life all the time. And you need to start doing some work. And that work starts with remaining in Jesus. And so, God, will you speak to us today? If we don't feel loved, may we be reminded how much you love us. But, God, may your love transform us. And may the world see your love when they see us. Because we don't pick and choose where love is. We just love because we've been loved. And, God, if there's anybody in this room watching online, who feels the Holy Spirit speaking to them. They may not even know what that is, but they, be, be, because they've been separate from you, God, may this morning the story be that your love draws them to you and that forgiveness is asked for. And lives would be given to you because you loved us so much. And so if there is anybody this morning, no matter if it's here or online, that just says, God, forgive me for my sins. Thank you for loving me, and I want to give you my life and love you in return. God, I pray that our love would draw us near to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.